Do you know who Josh Hatfield is? Yes. What do you, when you think of Josh Hatfield, what do you think of? Uh, my uncle. Your uncle? Yeah. And does your uncle have a lot of responsibilities? What does that mean? Like things and people to take care of? Uh, yeah. What does he have to take care of? Aunt Dale and the doggies. How many dogs does he have? Three. That sounds super expensive. Three dogs? Yeah. Don't you wish there was a way someone could give Uncle Josh money to help take care of the dogs? Yeah, like at work. You're not going to believe this, but you know how Uncle Josh wrote that book? Yeah. People can buy that book on the internet, and that will give Uncle Josh money so he could take care of the dogs. Cool. So if you could tell someone to do something, what would you tell them to do? Um, make them read Slime Girl. Well, that's important. Reading Slime Girl is important, but what should they do so the dogs don't starve? Buy it. Buy Slime Girl? Yeah. I agree. Has it finally come through? Yeah. We needed three Joshes. The trifecta. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've had a multiple Josh situation several times in my life. So since my last name is Erickson, uh, I've, I've gone by Joshy a lot. We're not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. JVJ podcast with me in the studio is JDS. Yes, welcome. And Jush. Jush or Ja. Ja. Some people yeah. call me Ja. Yeah. That's my email address, ja at jvjpodcast.com. How'd yeah. you get that? Man. <laughs> Man, that's good. And our guest today is Josh Erickson, writer of Hero Forged and, oh, I'm going to get this one, Fate, Leash. Lashed. Lashed. Close. Ah, yep, close. <laughs> I, my bad. I I only look at the title once and then I listen to the book and don't think about the title ever again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it keeps it fresh in your mind then. Wow. It keeps it fresh in your mind. Do you know your character's name? Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to remember the characters names if if not your plot points, at least the characters names. The the last guest we had on, she couldn't name any of the characters from her book. So. <laughs> oh, well, I mean you know, there's discovery writers, and then there's <coughs> people who are really rediscovering their own writing. Yeah. She made a point of saying that she is an outliner. She just didn't outline their names, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, hey. We, she writes a lot of books, though, in her in her defense. We also focused on her least popular series, because that was our favorite. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 
it was it was Judy Bloom, if you're wondering who it was. <laughs> yeah, Judy Bloom. It, it's easier with you because you've only got is it you've only got the two books? Just the two right now. I'm I'm working on the third book like as we speak. So. And uh, you will be. This is neat because I can hear your voice. You're the first writer slash narrator we've had. Yeah. Oh, nice. Hey. Uh. All right. I'll take that honor. I can tell you're a narrator because you've got a blanket taped to your wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, they they are really thick curtains that uh-huh. uh, look like a carnival. Actually, the whole room's surrounded in them. So you're just getting a sliver of the glory of of that decoration in here. So uh, what inspired you to narrate your own book? You know, um, I've always really loved audiobooks, and uh, when I started writing, I I was reading the characters vo- characters' voices out loud anyway. And uh, it got to a certain point after I'd done it a million times, I was like, you know what? I could really just polish this up a little bit and do it myself and give it a shot. I've I, uh, been involved in a lot of acting and I've been a singer for most of my life. So I've had a lot of voice lessons and stuff, too. Uh, so it was kind of a natural leap anyway. Perfect. We need a new theme song. Yeah. Hey. Oh, there you go. We haven't received his payment for being on the podcast yet. Taking <laughs> in song. Man, you were a singer, huh? Like a lounge singer? Yeah, no, I, I wish a lounge singer. No, uh, like music theater and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You, are you in a band? No, I'm not. Have you ever been in a band? I have not ever been in a band because have I'm also... Have you ever been in a band, Drifter? Admit it. <laughs> I'm I'm also I'm also an introvert, so I'm a performer that doesn't like performing in front of people. So audiobooks are perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, have you considered doing other people's books? I've been asked a couple times, um, but it usually when I would be doing those, um, I could be writing the next book in my series. So right. I kind of want to want to get that all out in the next couple years before I explore any of the you know doing more narration. Now you said in. Uh before one of your audiobooks this is going to be is a six book series you you said it was going to be 74 books in the series yeah. 74, yep. 74 74 i might pare it down to 10 uh the uh ideally it'll be 10 when i'm when i'm done and i have it i have that kind of plotted out but you know you never know what'll happen if uh, if i strike it rich or something somewhere along the way i might keep it going as long oh, as I people like it. Go the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> if I try you're rich, I might just quit. No, no, no. This job is way too fun to to quit doing it. I I do it for any amount of money. So. Well, I have an idea for for a standalone book. Oh yeah. It's, it's like Weekend at Bernie's, but it's with Akamata. Perfect. Yeah. I I would listen to that because <laughs> I think he was my favorite part of the book. <laughs> Every time. Well, and I'm only I've only listened to the first one. Uh, oh, sure. But every time he's talking, for some reason, uh, I I connected with him. That's him. That's his voice. That's you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yep. Yeah. He was he was my favorite one to voice, and he's kind of a divisive character anyway because the comments I get are like, I loved the narration, except that God guy, because uh, he's so over the top and crazy that you know people are kind of divided on whether or not they like him. But I I love doing that voice. It's my favorite one to do. I'll bust out. That voice sometimes at home. Well, I will have to say I was listening to it at the times two speed, so he was speaking uh, normal because oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like he he must speak pretty slow. Really slow. Yeah. But at times two speed, he was normal. I enjoyed it. Yep. I don't understand the critique that he's over the top and crazy. He's a god. 
that's I mean, exactly like, what it was. Yeah. Have you ever met a famous person? That's how they are. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's famous a, person have you met? Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford. <laughs> okay. Do you not remember I my forgot. wild beach weekend with him? I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my that's what I would love to respond to people too. Like these are these are gods and they're archetypes, so they're supposed to be way over the top and uh, just completely ridiculous. The other characters, the other uh, you know Umbra god type characters are all over the top too. So it's just it's just fun. Now, when you were doing the voice of the lady that does the the strings of fate and stuff. Oh yeah. Did you have to follow a, a, a line where you're not getting all cool runnings accent? <laughs> yeah, that is hard. So um the the one lady that follows the lines of fate and stuff, she's French. So I was able to do her pretty well. Um but there's there's another guy, um, the uh the Hexen Mutambe, uh, who has this muddled accent and he was written purposely that way because I can't do a great Caribbean accent. And so I kind of had this, uh, this black Panther Caribbean thing going on with him that was intentionally a little bit messed up. And I always have to, uh, I always have to do the accent and then dial it back a little bit. So I'm not, (laughs) you know, being super stereotypical or offensive or anything. Well, I'm not going to lie. I thought your French was also, Caribbean. <laughs> oh well, hey, that's okay. All French Caribbean. That's close enough to me. I uh, I was impressed with. We listened to a lot of that. I I mean, had I not known that, you know, when you said Josh Erickson narrated, but I would have thought professionally you did a good job. Hey, I appreciate that. That's like the best compliment I can ask for. So you did a good job. That, that <laughs> it sounded. You did a great job. That it sounded <laughs> professional. True. You know, that's oh. that's all I ask for. I'm just shooting for professional quality, and then I'll I'll take any. Anything else anybody wants to say after that? Do you want to critique? Oh, sure. <laughs> Next time, say just say written and narrated by Josh Erickson. I know. Yeah. I've, I are, thought about doing that. You were wasting but, our time. <laughs> right, exactly. I know. I thought about doing that, but um, the uh, I don't remember who told me. One of my editors or something told me you should separate them out because sometimes ACX, the Audible uh, people, will catch that and ask you, come back and ask you who the narrator was. Uh-huh. And I'll say, well... I, I said it right in the beginning, but so we we know what it really is. Two I, I names, do what I'm told. Two paychecks. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Double the money. <laughs> That's exactly right. Just like that Peloton song. Did yep. you hear that apple pie in the Bahamas cost three dollars? That's and a lot that of money. And that is the pirates pirates of the Caribbean. Did you know that? That was so <laughs> well delivered. It was mind blowing. Oh my gosh. That was oh, a that was, that was a little joke. Guys, to lighten the mood because you were talking about Jamaican people. You know? There you go. There you go. Right. I'm also a writer. <laughs> Did you write that? Was that a was that an original choreo? Yeah, no. Does that not, it, it was so muddled. How did you not know it was it was me? So anyway, Corey here is a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the haunted living room. Yeah, pretty scary. Do you have you you said you have all ten books plotted out? Do you think there's any room to have them walk into a haunted living room? Mm. Yeah, like in the ether, they were totally. already kind of in a haunted living room at one point. Yeah, two. that is true. Yeah, that's true. It's that's kind of the central conceit of the book is that really kind of any fiction is possible uh, if enough people believe in it. You know, if it's it's if it's strong enough in the zeitgeist. So yeah. That was also the plot to Earth X. 
Did you oh, read that? No, I haven't read that one. I I uh I keep an eye on you. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I'll... Marvel comic book? Or yeah. I thought the whole plot of it was that they all became mutants. No, they weren't mutants. They were inhumans. And then this isn't the time or place to talk about. I'm just saying, you just <laughs> pretty much implied plagiarism. I didn't imply plagiarism. That's the just cut it. I, I don't think it's plagiarism. That's a that's a point in the book, but it's also a point in real life that anything's possible. Sure. The book is about believing in your dreams. Yeah, I uh, I actually got it from um, the Stephen King's stop? Dark Tower uh, does that too. Has the exact same. Well, I kept same. thinking American Gods. Uh, how also, how yep. far did you get into Dark Tower? Are you telling me you finished it? No, I have the last book yet to read in that one because I kind of bailed on the series. Yeah, because it's hard to listen to or it's read, tough. right? It's, it's a tough one. Good. Yeah, I read it's it. A tough no one. one would say it's good. That's I for liked sure. it. No one would say they liked school. it. I mean, I, I loved just it. I liked it. But I loved I'm... the idea of it, but it was probably a book or two longer than it really needed to be. So yeah, I I agree. It should have ended at book two. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they... it go like nine? It was seven books long, seven. I think. And then he wrote he wrote a book. That took place in between two books later Did on. Did you know there was a movie? <laughs> oh, I intentionally didn't go see the movie. Oh, oh it was good. My gosh, I yeah. it was as good as the books. <laughs> I think I tried to watch it and I got about yeah. ten minutes in. It was I, just over book one, right? Because no. they didn't have the drawing of the three and stuff. They tried no, they movie. tried to encompass everything. Not that I've noticed. <laughs> They're like, Yeah, this is it. There was We've just got, a boy. He was but a boy, that's true. No one's gonna deny that. Mm-hmm. So you wrote that? <laughs> yeah yeah i wish what do you got on your bookshelf there behind you uh what do i have oh my books and then uh what's on that uh a little rothfuss a little george r martin and some gaming okay oh we're all gaming fans here oh yeah That's what i'm saying american gods it, it seemed yeah. like there was a uh a, a strong resemblance or just well not not a resemblance but like i feel like it was pretty obvious that you enjoyed that book yeah. when i was yeah the uh my my uh kind of back room description of the series is that it's neil gaiman on too much cold medicine dictating an episode of supernatural to joss whedon so (laughs) it's it was originally inspired by neil gaiman and then i read through it and i was like there's not even close to enough jokes in this thing so i rewrote the whole thing with more of a uh kind of a buffy the vampire slayer like joss whedon-esque feel to it that's probably why i like the book <laughs> i was a big buffy fan yeah uh, i really my favorite thing i think was the con science oh a, good is that gonna be your last book book 10 con science that one that one is um just kind of a running thing i i wanted it to be deeper than it was and so i put in this thread that the main character uh, gabe was was writing the book um alongside the book you were reading and it let me build out his character and his kind of family life without actually putting a whole bunch of exposition, like shoehorning it into the main story. So let the main story keep being fast paced, uh, but then also let you kind of develop this feeling of connection to Gabe, like as a person, not just as a character. So, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things to write about all the books so far. I think there just needs to be more exposition in books, period. Too much action. There just needs to be more. People sitting around telling stories. Just, just, just <laughs> yep, just guys in beards telling each other. Here's my legends. ideal book. Yep. Couple of guys sitting around <laughs> describing their favorite books to each other. 
That's it. I love it. That's a blockbuster right there. Yeah. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm, I'm going to call Larry Doyle. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, the con science, I thought it was really neat because in book one, it really gave like part of his history and his feeling and stuff. And then book two turned into like a diary for a, a aged heart teenager. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Gabe is um, my idea with him is that he never really grew up. Uh, and so he's kind of stuck as this kid that kind of grew into the body of a man, basically. Uh, so in book two, he really kind of did go through a teenage kind of weird evolution. Um, and now in book three, he's getting more complex and kind of learning how to be an actual grown man about some of the stuff that he's dealing with. So it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit mirroring my own experience of, you know, getting into my thirties and going, Oh crap, I need to grow up and get serious about to write stuff. two books yeah, I, need, yeah, I, need to, exactly. I need to grow up and be a writer that's, yeah. a, that's a steady job that's a lot yeah it's super reliable and nobody ever nobody ever goes wrong being a writer are you worried someone's gonna put all the excerpts together in order and uh prove to the world that it's just a writing tool to shove in whatever you want See, <laughs> i actually i actually wrote them intentionally if you read them back to back uh, you can see them kind of evolving, and and I I've I've had to go back and edit them independently um, to make sure that they fit in the imaginary you know order. Per order that they would appear in if it was a real book. So you got me. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I thought about that one. I in my eighth or ninth draft, I looked at it and I went, oh man, this is just nonsense. If anybody <laughs> reads this all back to back, so did. Uh... So you say you, I mean, you, you have it planned out for 10 books. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, how in depth do you, do you know what's going to happen in book eight? Or is it just like book nine? I know Gabe buys the sandwich at some point. <laughs> yeah, that, that's more what I do. I'm a discovery writer. So um, I have the plot points and I have the beats. Like I, I know everything that happens in book three. I'm about halfway done writing that. And then I know more or less what happens in book four. And then for five through 10, I just have like the main story points and some, you know, big scenes that matter because I've foreshadowed them already. Um, and then I've written the last scene of the end of the series and then everything else will hopefully come together. When, uh, when, when you're, so you're, you say you're a discovery writer, I'm guessing you just kind of sit down and go with it. Well, I know where it's going to go, um, but I don't do bullet points. So I write an outline, and it's usually about a half page. Um, and so I'll write a scene and where it needs to begin and where it needs to end. But then I don't put, I don't outline any filler in that. That just happens organically. And for me, that's how I can write better dialogue and, and more organic scenes so nothing feels contrived, you know? Do you ever, do you ever surprise yourself with what you, oh, like? All the like, time. Oh my gosh! Like, I mean, oh shit! There's you a book here. Yourself, you're like, yeah. oh, oh, I'm such a good writer. <laughs> no, all the time. So like the end of book two, something <laughs> happens at the end of book two that I totally did not want to happen. Um, but you could have stopped it. <laughs> I, I know, but I wrote it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's gotta happen now because it's done. And it just it like felt so right. And uh, so yeah, I do sometimes. I was just wondering, for some reason, the one thing that like comes to mind is uh, in the first book, uh, Gabe is talking to uh, one of the characters that he meets kind of at the beginning of it. And he's just like, 
the guy the guy's like you're just saying that because i'm black and he's like yeah do one of your your special handshakes or something yeah. that just seemed like <laughs> something that you're just like typing up yeah like, whoa Gabe, yeah, what are you talking about? Stop, Gabe. <laughs> that one, yeah, me. that one was one. I was like, Gabe's getting in danger of being too likable here, so he needs to still kind of be a little bit smarmy because he's a con man. So a con man with a heart of gold. Exactly. I have to occasionally insert things that make you go, oh yeah, he's not a hundred percent a good person. Who doesn't want to sacrifice this girl? He's a good person. <laughs> See, I actually kind of got the opposite. It was almost like. They were joking and like what like what he wanted to be his friend or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he he does he wanted to know the secret handshake. <laughs> yeah, he wanted right. in on the secret handshake. Right. That's again he's been kind an of outsider his, his whole life. Yeah, that's again kind of his immaturity. Like he he just does whatever pops into his head. So mm-hmm. hopefully the the idea is for him to grow over the course of the ten books. So you know, and and the whole idea of the the title, the hero forged, is that it's like he's not really one, you know, it's, he's a forged hero. Um, and so he does little stuff like that. That isn't the typical shiny, you know, uh, hero on a, on a, on a horse, you know, he's, he's just kind of doing it his own way. So you said you want him to grow like obviously as a person, but have you thought about him getting fat throughout the books? Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. an arc that people that's don't get into. Arc, yeah. That's, that's a good arc. Yeah. That's you already wrote the last scene. Cardiac arrest, heart attack because yep. of the weight gain. If yep, we guess exactly. it, just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to don't want to put any spoilers out there, but that does became become the main thread. Him. How many years is this ten book arc gonna be? Like, is it all gonna be in one year? That's about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying what? to keep it pretty close. One of my biggest things that I don't like about series is when they skip a bunch of time, and then you're you're looking at like like uh what is it the um shanara or whatever series um you read the first book and you get super invested in the characters and then it skips like 50 years and it follows their grandchildren Mm. and i'm like i just what what happened in the meantime did you just farm that entire time or that's Corey's favorite thing well i like it when it happens like in an anime and the very last episode is like 50 years from it oh sure when it wraps things up yeah 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 i'll no, I'll I'm, I'm with you. It's like it's like Gossip Girl at the end of the first season. They come back and they've they've gone through summer. It's, yeah. They skip summer. And Dan's a completely different yeah, person. Yeah, I just want to know what happened. In you know when they were hanging out. I can see on your face. Gossip. You don't know what Gossip Girl is. I'm I'm aware of it. I haven't ever watched it. Well, but... you can watch it. It's coming back. Okay. They're, they're revamping it. He's Josh okay. Schwartz is at the helm. So. Yeah. I'll I'll add it to the top of my list. Another fellow Josh. He's been too busy reading and rereading Rothfuss in preparation for the third book that'll never come out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I try not to get involved in that because anytime I say anything like that, I, I <laughs> yeah. usually end up getting tackled. So well, you're an author too, so anytime there's a delay, people are gonna go back to that time you were talking bad about Rothfuss. Yeah. Mm. exactly i can't be recorded saying anything about it anyway so everything's good we're all fine here <laughs> now uh author that's not your main career right 
I it is know. now, yeah. It is? Well, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. So, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. So it was kind of a weird thing. Um, I used to work at a hotel for like, I managed a hotel for like 12 years. Well, that's even better. You should see if you can get that job yeah, back. Yeah, you oh, need free towels. It was, yeah, all, all, the, all the tiny shampoos you could ever want. Um, and, you know, obviously I need tons of shampoo. So the, uh, it, it was, listeners. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Uh, that's, uh, that's for the video only for the, the, it's, I don't know if you guys do Patreon or something where you get the extra super <laughs> level, you get to see my face. Uh, um, yeah, set it up, Josh. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I worked in that job for a long time and it was kind of soul sucking. Like I love the people I worked with, but the job was just exact same thing every day. And so this, that's why I started writing. Um, and then they sold the hotel like right when I finished my book and they were going to make me travel a bunch and, and, you know, leave my family for a lot of time. And I was like, you know what, let me give this a shot. That sounds awesome. Traveling and leaving leave your family. family? My <laughs> yes. God. I, you know, I, I, I like being home. I'm super introverted, so I'm happiest when I'm like beho- behind several doors. Uh, so they, uh, they gave me that option and I was like, nah, forget it. And so I started doing the author thing and I recorded my audiobook and put it out there and just like inexplicably it sold like 4,000 copies just over the course of a month. Um, and I have no explanation for how it happened, but, um, it's covered. It looks awesome. Yeah, that must be it. I, well, you know what? Honestly, my my explanation is that my last name is Erickson, and everybody thought they were getting a Malazan book. Uh, oh, they, yeah. Yeah. And then when they opened it up, they were like, what the crap is this? And they just didn't return it. So, so what you're saying is, Josh, you wrote a book, and you should you should put it out there, and your pen name can be Brandon Schlandelson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just try and get it as close as possible Brandon to an established Sanders. author. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the covers of the book are pretty awesome. I mean that. I'm not. I got it because of the cover. So hey, I'm glad. That was <laughs> that was something that I knew I wanted something really different. And I'm a big anime fan too. And so I was like, yeah. I want something that is like is almost anime, but not you know, but then also is vague enough that it makes you go like, what the heck is this book even about? Just so you'll at least read the blurb. Uh, and I just, I've had, I've worked with some really good artists who've kind of nailed that for me. So, well, he was, I was telling him that I only got through book number one and he was kind of breaking down book number two. And I, my first thought was, Oh, so it's kind of like an anime. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, Three reviewers, three separate reviewers say that, that they would love to see an anime version of it. And so now in my head, I've I've been writing these books a little bit, you know, like with a kind of a self-contained season arc. Um, that way it doesn't leave you on too much of a crazy cliffhanger, uh, but also kind of pushes you into the next book, just like anime pushes you into the next season, you know, so. Isn't there an anime where a succubus takes a girl's body and then just eats stuff? Probably. <laughs> Not to, not not, to not say spread. You stole from that anime. That sound that sounds Stop. very. <laughs> Stop accusing him, Josh. <laughs> that uh, sounds very likely. I have watched that. The main difference between not... your book and an anime is you need little chapters where they just go and look for like beetles that fart and just waste whole <laughs> chunks of time. Yeah. Like someone powering up for six yeah. ep- six chapters. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I said now that I've been accused of that a couple times of of uh, writing with the intent of selling it as an anime series. Now I need to write in some cute, adorable, easily merchandisable characters. Mm-hmm. So I you know, so I can start this getting some... pretty cute. The succubus is pretty easy, but it doesn't always have to be an easily a cute one. I mean, you could think of Goku. You think he's cute? That's yeah. true. He's a badass. But, but, that's true. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a little cat with bunny rabbit ears. Yeah, there that's you go. it. Yep. Well, Akumanu. What? That would sell. Cute. You know that? Yeah, isn't that the thing from? Uh... <laughs> Who cares? He's already stolen a bazillion ideas. <laughs> <laughs> It would be cute. I better not find any slime girls in your books, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, nope. He wrote a slime girl book? I don't as think anybody far, knows. As far as I know, there's not going to be any slime girls in there, but it does sound really intriguing, so I, you know, I'll hold oh myself my back. Oh my gosh, wait, hold well, on. Do you have Kendall Unlimited? Because if you're into slime girl, <laughs> I know a book for you. Yeah. Or you, gonna, can buy my, you can buy my book for $3 and then also recommend everyone who bought your book buy it. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I, it's I, it's on my list now. I have an idea. So what about this? Let me just pitch you a quick idea here. <laughs> uh, in the world of uh, Gabe or whatever. Hero Forge. Yeah, Hero Forge. People have read and adored the Slime Girl book so much that she becomes a reality. There you uh, go. That would be there you go. Nice. All right. Well, I'll I'll be contacting you on a collaboration then. We'll we'll get we'll get this going. <laughs> I don't know if that's true because everybody says that and then yeah, and then they all block me. His emails are getting pretty <laughs> pretty thin. They're running dry here. I mean, I only take like seventy percent of the royalties. I don't understand what the big deal is. This sounds fair. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. You uh you do probably do all right too since you uh did your own narration because don't narrators typically take a cut? Oh yeah, like they can get paid up front or they can get royalty share. I thought it was like twenty twenty and then Amazon gets the rest, right? (laughs) Honestly it's yeah, it's it's pretty much like that. So you get um a max of forty percent if you are uh exclusive with Audible. Um (laughs) and then if you do a royalty share with a narrator, then you split that with the narrator and with the uh person who mastered it, the engineer. Um, so yeah, by the time you, if you've done it independently, by the time you get your royalty, it's pretty small. <clears throat> I did the narration and the mastering myself. So that, that's why I'm able to do this as a job. Otherwise it'd be impossible with audible, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, yep. But don't you still feel like you're getting ripped off? Cause your books are about as long as two of other people's books. I yeah. mean, these are like what topping almost 16 hours long. Yeah. 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 So, unnecessarily long. I couldn't finish the book today. Like I had like an hour left because it was just a little too long to fit yep. in my my work day. So yeah, I've I've got uh, I've got a bunch of friends who are on both sides of that camp too. Like some of them say, you know, do 60, 70,000 words and then just you can crank them out faster and then it helps with the visibility and people will kind of keep you top of mind, but Anytime I write, like I can't even write a short story to save my life because anytime I write, it just turns into 130,000 words, hey, no matter I say, what I do. I say so. go for it. Well, first of all, it's working for you. Second of all, my favorite series is The Wheel of Time. Let me get no. this in here before they go freak ahead. out. But I mean, I love a 50 hour, uh, you know, audio. Yeah. So like, uh, I say go for it. Plus, so, didn't the la- uh, the land they did it uh, in his last book? I think it was like. 
40 hours long. Did we you gonna complain? listen to his book? I didn't. Well, Guys, let's not get into that because <laughs> we're all going to get banned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. So listen, let me let me give you a little tip on mm-hmm. getting books out quicker. Right. It's three words. To be continued. You get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you take you've got that 130,000 words. You, you make it 130,003 and you throw to be continued in the middle. Could be in the middle of a sentence, middle of a word even. <laughs> yep, there you go. That that's called a cliffhanger. That's what old yeah, Stephen fuck. King did with the Green Mile. He just put it out as little vignettes. Yeah, <laughs> I guess if you did it a in, whole the, book. in the middle of a sentence, that might be a cliffhanger. That'd be a hell of a cliffhanger. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that would be pretty good. Like it's he, unprecedented. I mean, he opened the chest to grab the wo- and then boom, he continued. You know what? The people who succeed are the ones that come up with the most ridiculous ideas and actually like follow through with them. So honestly, that's probably a genius idea. <laughs> you can get you can make this uh, 10 book series into a 20 book series. Easy. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. You're writing for years or that's days. True. I don't know. And I, if you want to confuse a lot of people, name one of the characters the end. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, how, how long did you uh, take between book number one and two? Um, that was actually really fast. It was like six months to, um, or like two months to finish writing it and get it out to the editor. And then, um, it takes me longer since I do my own narration and, and mastering. So that's like a two month process cause I'm terrible at it. And so it, I am like, you know, meticulously picking through all my errors because I'm a horrible narrator and editing everything out. So, um, it was like six, seven months to get the second book out, and it'll probably be like eight or nine months to get the third one out from when the second was released. So you write about 2,000 words a day? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty Dakota accurate. Dakota Kraut writes 6,300. Who, who does? <laughs> Dakota Kraut. Well, he's got a fancy keyboard that's split in half. Have so, you thought about uh, getting a fancy keyboard that splits in half? <laughs> Man, I've heard people say they write like 16,000 words a day. I don't know how that even happens. I spend most of my day wandering around, like <laughs> picking through different adjectives I want to use before I write a single word down. So 2,000, 3,000 is, is I am maxed out and exhausted by the time I'm done with that. He is most of his words or his book is puns. That yeah. <laughs> well, he he also is like I mean, we've talked to a lot of authors now and he is like he has it down to a science. I mean, he like he will write for a certain amount of time and then he works out for a certain amount of time and then he goes back uh, and he writes for a certain amount and then he works out. And like he's got in his office, there's like a, a a treadmill and like weights behind him. So like he has it down to a science. So yeah, he got rid me. of all those books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's somebody with. Uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, focus and discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a hard thing to come. Well, by. he is also like it's Mountaindale Press. I don't know if you know what that is, but he has his own publishing. Mm-hmm. Oh, with, sure. With other authors under him now and. He's making it a big thing. Yeah. So you it, actually you actually write. You don't use like a dictation software. No, no. I I write it. I kind of keep the the two separate. So um, I have to have two separate brain spaces for it. So I'll actually write it out, um, and then I voice it as I'm writing it. Uh, I've tried dictation software, and I repeat things and say it in such weird voices all the time that I can't they can't follow me. So when I'm you know, when I'm screaming curse words in the voice of a evil god, for some reason, 
dictation software doesn't like to pick it up correctly all the time. Are you wanting to use dictation software because you keep asking people? You, I, I use dictation software. Oh, you 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 did. Yeah. Oh, okay. You also compare everybody's uh, amount of words they write in a day. How many words do you write in a day? Whatever I get to. Ah. You know Chris Fox. Yeah, I'm sure you don't know who that he's is. He's related to Jamie Fox as his brother. He, he's an oh. author who, who, oh. who said he didn't want to be on our podcast. But uh, he was he had to get a 50,000 word book out by the end of a week. And he wrote 10,000 words a day. That's crazy. I'm sure the book was terrible. <laughs> it can be done. It can be done. But just I can't do it. I My brain doesn't isn't linear enough to be able to crank that many words up. I don't even know why that's that's an issue. You know, if the story is good enough, it doesn't need to be 10,000 words. Right. No matter well, what you, your publisher says. But hang on. Don't you have an editor? Yeah, I have a couple, let, actually. Let them turn into coherent story. <laughs> yeah. You just yell in the dragon dictate for six hours <laughs> right. a day. Akumanu right. would just, always come out Kakumanu. <laughs> the end and send it off. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> They're like, hey, you... you uh, Said to be continued in the middle of a word here. Did you plan on doing that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so edgy. Do we have some questions for this guy? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking uh, it's probably neat for you to vo- do your own uh, narration because you can change whatever you want while you're narrating. But then I was thinking that would probably suck if your book's already done and you just start changing a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, luckily I thought ahead in the first book and I only did voices I was capable of doing because, like, you know, I can't do a Russian accent to save my life. And so there aren't any Russian characters in the books. Oh, uh, hang on. Corey actually does a perfect Russian accent uh, and he'd be uh, yeah. he'd throw some Russian in there for you for free. Corey, show him. Russian is fish. That's in <laughs> Russian. Right? Yeah, that didn't sound good. <laughs> oh, I would press yeah. you. See, maybe, maybe when I'm. Maybe when I'm really rich, I'll get an ensemble together and, and we'll do like a, you know, a, a full dramatic reading of, of all oh. the books. Well, over the phone, uh, I am mistaken for a young girl occasionally. <laughs> so if you need any young girls in your books. You know, I one of the compliments I really like uh, is that I got a, a review, a nice review from a lady that uh, said she forgot that I wasn't a woman when I was doing the female voices and I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm good. happy that's with that. That's good. That means I did an okay job. Yeah. That's a compliment. Yeah. But when you're just trying to call about your phone bill and <laughs> yeah. they think they keep calling you, ma'am, it's not really that much of a compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, I can see ma'am. that. <laughs> you're getting it right. So these questions were sent in by Rick. Oh, Rick. Uh, first question. Are life coaches just a scam artist? Absolutely not. No. No. And if he thought so, he wouldn't have sent in that question. I don't. This is basically a life coach service. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I kind of have to agree with him. Well, I mean, I guess he didn't <laughs> voice his opinion in the question, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say that he believes that they're they're a scam. Uh, because you're just gonna fill in his opinion. Josh is just gonna JDS is just gonna fill in his opinion. He wasn't asking if he didn't if he didn't question them, right? So like, I feel like he he. He already is kind of on the fence about this. And I say it's good to be on the fence. Go to a barber. Talk to him. Tell him your problems. Don't listen. AOL chat. Send us a message. <laughs> what? Do we That's have that? What he's doing. AOL chat? This is shut down a year ago. Really? Did it? Uh, that's Google sad. Hangouts is next. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Mid-air draft. laughs> what are we going to do, guys? I use Google Hangouts every single day, so. Ugh. MSN's gone. I know. Yahoo's gone. You, you know that? No, I didn't know any of that existed, mostly. You knew all of those things existed. <laughs> Yahoo.com? Yeah. Yeah. That's your... That's gone? That's your email address. Yeah, is that gone? It's gone. <laughs> your email's gone. Sorry, Josh. I'm a little hey, upset. No. I just found out Yahoo's gone. I get it. I'm I'm as surprised as you are. But I still get my Yahoo. Who's, who owns Yahoo now? Ask Verizon. Steve's <laughs> owns it. They so, actually just bought Amazon, too. So that's why Josh said that. He's confused, but... So, Mr. Erickson, do you believe in life coaches? Uh, you know what? I I think life coaches could probably be good. I've never availed myself of that service before, but I would definitely want to roll up to like the life coaches mansion and <laughs> see like their their dozens of cars parked in the in the driveway and you know their life totally put together. <laughs> I don't I don't want to roll up to like a mini mall and. Uh, you know, have to go through the back of a Chinese restaurant or something to get to their office. Because then I, I start to wonder if their services are really going to be that well, valid. Office. That's well, hang on. I got. Let me tell you why I disagree with you on that, as I have everything you've said so far. <laughs> if he's got a mansion and these dozens of cars, clearly he's no good with money. Why? That's fair. That's, that's fair. That's, no, that's not. No, that's not true. Because if he's doing. He's he's saying he's doing so well that it doesn't even matter that he's got those things. Those are just frivolous. Yeah. So why would you want someone who's throwing away all that money? Now, what if you go to the back of the Chinese restaurant (laughs) and the secretary has you go sit in there and through the doors, the life coach comes in on a Segway Mm -hmm. with a fanny pack. Yeah. See, now that's a twist. That's a twist that I would be thrilled with. So. Then, obviously, I'd be reconverted over. Whole okay. office, Ikea furniture. Well, let, yep. me, let me ask you one more question. What if you go into the office, and they're like, it's through that door. And you go to the door, but there's no handle, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a push door. It's right. you got to pull it. you got to turn the handle to pull it, but you find out it's a ghost handle. So someone who you have to have find someone who's missing a hand that has a ghost hand to pull it open. Right. You do that? So, so now we're getting now we're getting into some sort of philosophical spiritual quest business here. So you know obviously you'd have to go get your ayahuasca and and go on your spiritual journey, find your spirit animal, mm-hmm. and then you come back and that that's the life coach everybody should be following then. That's so, a lot of extra. That's yeah. a lot of extra steps. And then you get a bill in the mail for eight <laughs> yeah. million dollars. You found yourself. You found yourself. I, I this sounds like this sounds like a good. You uh, chew off your own hand. Chew off your own hand. You create your own ghost hand. Create. And then as soon as you walk through the door, there's a banner that says you you figured it out. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> You've got life now. <laughs> You've got life now. You're missing a hand though. <laughs> Well, he's got a ghost hand. We got the ghost hand. I, uh, <coughs> I think that I would, I would be very happy to go to a life coach. In um, you seem like someone who would go to. A well, life I, coach. well, let me finish my sentence um, because that that's rude. No, it just. <laughs> I was just saying in, like, the, in the back of a Chinese food. No, place just is, anywhere. Like some dude pulls up in a van and he's like, "I'm a life coach. Give me twenty bucks." You seem like you might do you it. You might do it. You never know what kind of information you, you know, you might get. Some of the best stuff comes from the back of a van. That's true. It's a fact. Carpet. I just, I get into every van I see. I just get into the back (laughs) of it. 
This is a true story, Josh Erickson, my friend. Uh-huh. One time I got out of a concert, right? And I was walking to my car, and this van pulls up, and it had a monster energy drink on the side, and the door opened up, and the dude's like, who wants free monster? And he just handed out cans of monster energy drink. I was there. I will I will let you know that that's true. See, that, I think, was probably <laughs> the beginning of a life coach test. You took the monster, you failed, so he didn't take you uh, on as a client. Well, let me tell you another story like that. <laughs> One time, I was at uh, I was at a con- well, not a concert. It was the Warped Tour. Are you familiar with that? Sure, yeah. And I there was this drink that I thought was Monster, right? And I opened it and I started drinking it and it was water. And I looked at the can and it said uh, Monster Life Water. And it was just water in a Monster can. That's and true. They I remember me. that. That's a good that's, idea. Though. That's some genius marketing. I love. I would love to live in a world in in Josh Erickson's, Erickson's fantasy world where life coaches have tests that you have to pass <laughs> before you can become their their client. Yeah. Uh, that this, would be great. This is this is how all good stories start, right? You. I always thought that if I was going to be like a guidance counselor or something, I'd have this elaborate uh, test that only one student in a generation would pass, and you know. <laughs> Pull out, pull out this ancient tome and just blow one person's mind completely, you know? Yeah. I think you would have probably got fired. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It would have just he been that in... one year, but it would have been a great year. Yeah, he comes into work every day and he's just like planning this elaborate <laughs> test. He doesn't do anything else. It's just like turning when, everybody else away. It's like yeah. when you advertise that you match competitors' prices on TVs, so you have to lock your TV behind a door with an alligator in front of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> True. Question two, guys. What's better, napkins or paper towels? The room is speechless. No one has an opinion. I mean, I I think napkins are better at their job, but paper towels are way more useful. I don't even own a napkin anymore. Wait, hang on. You drive a Prius, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you use paper towels? Yeah, I use I, I rip paper towels in half and we use them as napkins. How do you like use, for fuel? What yeah, how do you think he powers his car, Josh? He <laughs> drives a Prius, which means he cares about the environment. Is that what that means? But then he uses paper towels, which means he hates the environment. I thought it means he know. likes also, fuel economy. I'm I'm also a very vocal hypocrite, so you know that's. <laughs> I don't know. Did I'm you not, did not, you get a Prius because of the Earth or because you no. wanted sweet gas mileage? No, it was gas mileage all the way. I the the hotel I worked at is like. 60 miles away from where I live. So originally it was just, I was driving 120 miles a day. So I was like, Hey, save money on this car. I like the earth. Fine. Yeah. It's great. But it's where I keep my stuff. (laughs) Exactly. I'm still going to use paper towels. I think paper towels are are way more useful. You can actually, this is a little, little uh, pro tip. You can use a paper towel as a napkin. I, I prefer napkins. No, of course you do. But I will say that the paper towel distribution device um, is is flawless. So what I do is I take paper towels and I tape them together and I wrap them around a uh, uh, paper like spool. Toilet paper is kind of like napkins if you think <laughs> yeah. about it. That's true. But I don't use toilet paper any, either. I use, I use uh, the napkins that I've pre-taped. You use cloth napkins mm-hmm. and family wipes that's right a, that's true what's a family wipe i believe i could be making this up but i believe it's just cloth everybody uses the wipe their butts and then they wash them 
Did what? I make that up? Has anybody else heard that? Okay. See, that's more alarming to me than Yahoo closing. Yeah. The only thing that I know, and we can cut this out, but the podcast, uh, My Dad Wrote a Porno, uh-huh. the main guy tells a story about how he he's at his, uh, a friend's house and he washes his hands and he's using like a towel to dry his hands off. And the girl sees him using it, and she's like, "No, that's the 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 family towel." That's or probably where I got it. That must be it. Also, well, I'm, you know gross. what? Super gross. <laughs> Super gross. <laughs> My dad wrote a porno. It's hilarious. If you don't mind listening to porn, yeah. no, don't. Don't. Well, you I told you work you, we from can, the we home. Can cut this so out. We can cut, cut this cut out. out. No I don't way. want any other podcast mentioned on our podcast. This is our podcast. We don't use it to promote other people's podcasts. I'm telling Josh as a friend. Josh isn't your friend. He doesn't even like you. Josh, are you my friend now? I do. I, I, I like you guys. So What's his name? You can tell me whatever you want. JDS? Where, yeah, that's right. Where Josh? are you from? Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska? Oh, my God. Well, I should have known Omaha, that. Nebraska? Yeah. Not, not even. No. Oh, not even somewhere as from. metropolitan as Omaha. I'm from southeast Nebraska. So it's like there's like 12,000 people where I live and... 14,000 cows. So, Corey, Nebraska is a state, if you're wondering. Yeah, it's a state oh. in the. Uh... Have you ever heard of the podcast uh, Seven Funny Things? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> is this podcast brought to you by Seven Funny Things? It is. She hasn't Sponsor. Seen <laughs> she said she was going to edit your book for you. That's, yeah, that's true. That's she did good. say that. It's pretty nice of her. Any hoozle. What were we talking about? Uh, wiping your butt with a towel and letting everybody else in the house <laughs> yeah, do it as well. I'm, I'm anti. That wiping your butt. <laughs> yeah, but it's good for the environment, Josh. Yeah, you love the earth so you do much. Love it. I, why don't you marry it? You love the earth so much. You have a gigantic pile of sticks right over in your yard over there. It's true. That's true. Why? Why He's is that? Them. How does that equate? He loves them so much. He, he wants to keep keeping them. Close. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Fair enough. So we all said. Probably paper towels, right? Yeah, I mean, I pick paper towels because I'm a huge Albert Dunlap fan. You guys agree? I yeah, know I agree. Them. I love Albert Dunlap. Dunlap. Josh? No, I have no idea. You don't who know who is. old Albert, Albert Fish is? Albert Dunlap. The gray man? I'm so surprised you haven't heard of <laughs> Robert Fish? Albert Dunlap. <laughs> Albert <laughs> Dunlap you got was, me. A, was a businessman who took over Scott Paper Towels when it was sinking, and uh, he, he brought it back to prominence. Oh, he well, did he did yes. it by ruthlessly cutting away the fat. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Josh works at a paper towel factory. <laughs> he, <laughs> what he, about Robert Fish? Do you remember him? Yeah, the gray man. They would say, <laughs> they said his eyes look, look black, like there was no, no soul. So anyway, Albert died. He would put year. pins <laughs> in his uh, scrotum. What? <laughs> that sounds like so, a bad time. The, he was a real jerk. Yeah, he was a jerk. Dunlap was a was a psychopath. Wise, I've always admired him. Sure. And he took over the paper towel factory. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. Did he well, also... psychopaths probably make great businessmen. He Aren't did. you a businessman? Yeah, I'm a bit kind? of a businessman. He he ruthlessly cut away anything they didn't need. Like paper towels. He well he, he fired seventy percent of the staff. Was he the designer that uh, that cut? The, that like perforated the paper towel. Oh, he said that guy is a genius. Yeah, that was a Dunlap original. Yeah, yeah. Who put the little quilted parts in it? Dunlap. That Dunlap. was pretty smart of him. That's way more exorbitant. <laughs> 
It's true. It's true. But you only get six paper towels. It's so absorbent. It's so thick that you only get six paper <laughs> there, it's, towels. It's in a actually just a gigantic beach towel <laughs> yeah, cut in exactly. perforations. You know what does bug me about paper towels, though? Have you ever tried to do paper towel math? <laughs> where it's like mean? one pack will say 12 equals 72. And oh, the pack yeah. next to it will say 12 equals 41. And then it's, you can't. It's not true. Yeah, and it'll be like... It can't be both. It'll be like, 36 rolls equals 72 rolls, but these rolls look smaller than the other rolls. Mm-hmm. When there's only four rolls there? That's <laughs> yeah. a lie. Four rolls <laughs> equals four rolls. Yeah. What the hell? This is, Robert it. Dunlap would be... Albert. Albert Al- Fish would be <laughs> flipping well, over in his grave right now. People who knew him call him Robert. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. No old Robert was, Dunlap. The middle initial was J. <laughs> R.J. Dunlap. Yeah, I remember him. Mm-hmm. Do you think meditation is beneficial? I mean, sure. I'm sure for some people, I I can't concentrate long enough to clear my mind. So you know, my my meditation is watching The Office and playing solitaire at the same time. So let me cut rudely cut off Josh Stout before he talks about how great meditation is. Mm-hmm. Josh Stout is going to tell, although he's never done it he's going to tell you how great meditation is and how everyone should do it well I mean, he probably meditated at one point when he owned his bonsai tree mm-hmm. yeah well i meditate eight hours a night <laughs> whoa yeah and it doesn't everybody no oh you get eight hours of sleep a night you yeah, sleep eight hours a night holy crud does how many hours do you sleep a night josh Erickson? uh like six or seven you know oh i don't Am go I crazy with it but much? i get four on maybe. the weekends i sleep 12 hours i mean I well, sat my nice. every night, go to bed at midnight, wake up at six, period. Danielle said you slept till noon today. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even get up to go to McDonald's to get the kids happy meals. Not the point. <laughs> <laughs> you woke up at six, you just took a little nap afterwards. No, last night was messed up. I didn't get to bed till late because your kids were here. Mm-hmm. And then I had to sleep in the other room. So mm-hmm. I will say on the weekend Don't you sometimes, sleep in here? Mm-mm. On the weekends, sometimes I do wake up and uh, go to the couch and take a nap. That's nice. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good not having kids. Well, I I get nice. up at like four in the morning and then I go to my daughter's bed and sleep there. Oh, okay. All there are in the other room. Yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't she have a crib? No, she's three. <laughs> yeah, but she's got like the tiniest bed. Why don't you go to your son's bed? It's the same size and it's a bunk bed. That's not. You can't really lounge in a bunk bed. <laughs> It's like being in a big crib. Josh, do you have kids? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, six and ten, so. You so have six, six and ten? No, 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 no. Wow. Six years old six and ten years old. <laughs> Just Mark, two. First wife, we had six kids. Second wife, we had ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was pretty competitive. <laughs> six and ten. So yep. are they at the age where they hate you yet, or is that still around the corner? Nope, that's still coming up. Still, still getting ready for that. Six and ten. How old are you? Uh, thirty-eight. Just turned. So you, you. That look... would explain how he got that email address. Uh, there you go. Uh, uh, I was. I would have guessed like thirty-two. So. Oh yeah. Well, I I do moisturize every day. So. And you don't go outside. And I don't go outside. So the the Pick sun. More, eh? Yep. <laughs> You're neat. He he stays totally away from the sun, and he moisturizes his whole head. Yep. yep. Hey, what's your favorite gal game? <laughs> my fi- my favorite what? 
it's just a reference. He's no referencing one will get a me. super obscure anime that we watched like <laughs> ten years ago that no one is gonna understand except but, for us. But what if someone does? And Kyle Lloyd, who might be the only person that listens to this, if he listens. It's called Welcome to NHK. You should check uh, it out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm back in like the Cowboy Bebop Trigun days. Hey, I have a uh, corgi named Ein. Oh, nice. That was actually the, the Cowboy Bebop. They specifically bought this corgi because he looks just like Ein. Yeah, I, that's, uh, that's not a bad thing at all. I have a computer chip that's worth billions of dollars, but only to one person I killed. <laughs> I'm just like Cowboy Bebop. Get yeah, it? Yeah, he's the Bebop. It's only the plot to like four episodes. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? Justin Timberlake or Justin Beaver? Timberlake. Beaver? Beaver. Beaver. Well, if Justin Beaver is like some kind of mutant hybrid, then I'm going to go with him. Like, hang on. Let me let me stop you right there. Why is that your first thought? <laughs> Why couldn't it just be some guy named Justin Beaver? <laughs> you oh, know, if, if it was just some guy named Justin Beaver, then... I, I'd be disappointed in myself, but I immediately thought of some beaver-headed monster. So, But you didn't think Justin Timberlake was some sort of water-wood combined creature? Now that you say that, absolutely. And that's all I can think about. I would go with the beaver, then, because beavers eat wood. It's a fact. This there man you go. is well, Justin Beaver. This is Jim well, Beaver. Well, that's Bobby. For <laughs> His real name's Jim Beaver. Oh. Well, this guy is Justice. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. These visual gags are hilarious on our podcast. <laughs> Did you search on Facebook? Yeah, Justice or... Justin Beaver. And don't show the guest. Why would he care? Oh, my gosh. I don't think you can even see. This is Justice Beaver. Sure. Yeah, I got I got the basic outline. So him versus Justin Timberlake. <laughs> this is Jim Beaver. I, my money's on that guy. Yeah, that's balls. not the question. That's an excellent mustache he's got. So who would win in a fight? Some sort of wood-water hybrid or a man-beaver creature? <laughs> I'm going to say Justin Bieber. That's not what I asked. Justin Bieber is ripped. I mean, I don't... What? Yeah, he got he's ripped. He's not. It's, it's a lean muscle, Josh. I remember a picture I saw on the internet of some dude choking him out. A big guy? Yeah. It wasn't like a little... I don't remember who it was. And I wouldn't have known it was him if someone didn't point it out in the picture. It's not like when that 15-year-old beat up Cat Williams. (laughs) He was beat up by a grown man. Do you know who Justin Bieber is? Yeah, yep. Do you know who Justin Timberlake is? I do know who Justin Timberlake is. What's your favorite Justin Timberlake song? I don't have a favorite Justin Timberlake song. Around my house, I famously hate them both. But I do give Justin Timberlake props for being pretty funny so i don't like his music but i do like his saturday night live appearances i really loved him on the trolls soundtrack yeah yeah all right he's not he's not that's a lean let me tell you something that happened the other day i was at work and someone was complaining so i said hey what's your favorite justin timberlake song and they said i'm guessing you want me to say cry me a river and i said yeah and i walked away (laughs) and you know who that man was Justin Timberlake. He turned around and he tipped his hat and he moonwalked out of there. I Justin Beefer. Just, Justin Beefer. Justin Timberlake is not a fighter, guys. Ju- he was Justin in Timberlake? movies. Wasn't he in the movie? He was a tough yeah, man. Yeah, he was in a movie where he was a fighter. 
He's not a fighter. Let's Google every In the movie movies, he, he might be a fighter, but he's you not. You guys work on that. So, so Josh, what's your favorite movie? Keep Googling. Oh, man. Uh, it's hard to type anything with this. It's fine. Just make it work. If you wouldn't stop leaving cups, you wouldn't be in the situation. Please, uh, Josh. I, I want to I say something really cool and interesting, but there's an old movie called The Power of One. Um, that's like, probably can't even find it anymore, but... It's a old uh, a movie about apartheid. Um, super. It, it doesn't have a single joke in it. I couldn't imagine. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> but that honestly, that's my favorite movie. That's interesting because my favorite movie is Arthur, starring Dudley Moore, and it has nothing but jokes in it. Yep. Yeah. They they would balance each other out. If they did a, a apartheid Arthur hybrid, they'd probably they lighten up the mood. No, probably not. Oh, he- he was in in T- Justin Timberlake was in in time and he had a gun. Yeah, he was a real badass. Excuse my French. Corey's favorite movie is A Night at the Roxbury. My favorite movie now is probably Spider Verse. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I love. Just that. watched that for the first time a couple nights ago. Corey, tell him about your cats. My my cats are named Miles and Gwen. Mm-hmm. Nice. My my six year old daughter was running around like Spider Gwen for you know yeah. a week after we watched it. So just give her a hoodie. Let her yep. pretend. I asked the internet, and a man named Ming Sang said Justin Timberlake would win. Oh, Ming Sang. Ming Sang has kind of been a savior of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he knows a lot about a lot of things. Do you know what JDS's favorite movie is? What's that? It's uh Schindler's, Schindler's List. Schindler's List because he read somewhere that that should be your favorite movie. He said he read an article about how if Schindler's List is your favorite movie, it makes you interesting. That's good. It was a good. This is the best I've ever heard. It's not far from the. It's not far from the truth. What is your favorite movie? Well, Schindler's List is a great movie because, like, it makes you feel feel like true emotion because it's it's Why? very you well. Why? Because you see Nathan's dick. He's been. I don't think that happens you in don't, that movie. You don't. You don't see it in that movie. Um, you have Old, to search elsewhere for that. JDS has been claiming Schindler's List was his favorite movie for years, and we assumed he didn't see it, so we made him take a quiz on an episode. I don't think he did good. No, I did very well because I've seen the movie and it's a very good. No, movie. the question was in the very first scene, there was something about someone with a red shirt yeah, and you the couldn't answer. Yeah, girl with a red coat. No, and you said it was in black and white. No, this is not. We have it on tape, guys. We can go back and listen to it. I'm but right. We won't. We won't. JDS also needed to give us money for a long time, and he kept saying he's going to PayPal us. And then it turned out he didn't have PayPal. That's not even the case That's either. Not. I mean, I mean, it's close, but it's not. This is the Not part true. of the podcast where we try to make you feel uncomfortable by alienating one of the, the members <laughs> See, of the podcast. The problem is if we go past an things. hour, it just it just gets mean. <laughs> so so before Spider Verse, my favorite movie was Interstate sixty. Have you heard of that? I haven't. <laughs> you should check it out. Hit up your Amazon account, buy Slime Girl, and then uh-huh. buy Interstate sixty. Uh-huh. It stars Gary Oldman. That, I'll oh, send you a, I'll like find Gary, a trailer and I'll send it to you. Okay, nice. Imagine this. Gary Oldman, James Marsden. Michael okay. J. Fox a little bit. Also, uh, Amy Jo Johnson uh-huh. from Power Rangers. I haven't heard of this before. Amy this Smart. Amy Smart's in it. No. It's uh, no. So Amy Chris Smart's Lloyd. not new. Christopher Lloyd. And uh, that one guy who's in the Red Green show. Yeah. 
And uh, what's his name that wrote Back to the Future wrote it? Yeah, Bill Gale or something. Huh. Is that right? Yeah, it sounds exactly right. <laughs> I figured you'd know. No, I watched it. I, real... I liked it. It's Ready. a good film. We're, we're, I know we got off topic and started making fun of JDS, but you should check that out. Interstate I, yeah. Two best movies, Interstate 60, Spider-Verse. Also, or, if you want to cry, if you want to cry, Schindler's List. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's a good movie. I believe uh, they yeah. died in a urinal at one point, right? Also, um, Spider-Man 2 is really good, if you ever watched that, starring Tobey Maguire. Oh, the Tobey Maguire one? Sure. Yeah, it's the no, best I, Spider-Man movie. Now I he have watched those. Shit. You're full of shit. What do, how is that not the best Spider-Man movie? It's pretty good. Well, I'm not saying that it's... It's not the best Spider-Man movie. I'm saying that all the Spider-Man movies are are super garbage. I think it was super nice of them to let that old man be Spider-Man. <laughs> right? No. It's See, now you're, now you're just talking, because you're not as old as me and Josh over here. Tobey Maguire was the Spider-Man we care about. He, I, he was pretty cool <laughs> back in the day. He's still cool. He you was, remember Pleasantville? He was the he was the cat's pajamas. He, he never was cool, even in Pleasantville. And I like Pleasantville, but he wasn't. <laughs> no, cool. he was never cool. He no, was always he's weird looking. Cool. He doesn't have to be cool. He's very awkward and everything, even in life. That's the true, Tom- but that's me too. So you know, he's super relatable to me. Yeah, I heard he kissed over two women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's pretty good. If they made a Spider-Man Four starring Tobey Maguire, would you go see it? Oh yeah. Instantly. Oh, me tell him your Spider your Norman Osborn thing. Oh, well, I've been uh, petitioning Marvel, and they've been blocking me, that uh, <laughs> in the next Spider-Man movie, Tobey Maguire is going to play Norman Osborn, and Andrew Garfield is going to play Harry Osborn. But there you they, go. They won't respond to me. Yeah, I wonder why. That seems he, like a genius marketing idea. He said in stone. That was the tagline in the, in well, the email. The email, when he writes that, it's also then followed by, and just put to be continued in the middle of the movie, in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> that would be a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. And right at the end, they'll all be holding each other's hands over a cliff, and then it says to be continued. Yeah. You know, I think I think based on this uh, thread, you guys need to end this podcast just like in the middle of a word. Uh, we have one more question. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that that, later. That's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Do, do you ever think it's interesting that the movie Cliffhanger never had a sequel? You know what? That's a good point. Somebody should probably write that. It's truly not a good point. That wasn't a good movie. I'm just trying to make you feel better about that. Question five and last question. Now, this one's a, a bit of a... A great question, if I do say so myself. In my opinion, the podcast is already over, because if I'm editing it, I'm shutting it down as soon as he said word. Okay. (laughs) Either way, who's funnier, Howie Mandel or Jeff Foxworthy? Oh, Oh, that is a good one. Because Jeff Foxworthy's got the redneck Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And Howie Mandel Mandel puts a glove on his head. Or a condom. He doesn't anymore, though. Yeah, but at one point in their career, though, that's the question. Well, they're both, like, just show hosts now, right? They both evolve into just, you know, everyday humor. Like, they tell you jokes about the uh, infomercials they watched last night. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, he never... He never was courageous enough to put a glove over his head. That's true. And, he was always afraid of dying. And because of that, he's out. But you don't know that. Maybe he did, but he Howie Mandel. Why are made you them... arguing? You you want Howie Mandel? Fish don't stink underwater. That's true. 
But here's the thing. Maybe Jeff Foxworthy had an entire series about <laughs> having a glove on his head and how he made they'll suit him and everything had to be destroyed. <laughs> they destroyed every tape. Is that all how he made did? That's Just like he came he out, put a glove over his head and blew it up with his nose? He also did Bobby's World. Yeah, oh yeah. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, but Jeff Foxworthy that. did the Jeff Foxworthy show. Didn't Howie Mandel invent the fist bump, or do I just keep lying to people and saying that's true? I thought he did the elbow thing. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he touches does the fist bump because he's I mean, he a germaphobe. He does that too, but he also like doesn't he like bump elbows. If he's a germaphobe, why is he doing two things? He's like, hey, I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought it thing. was weird when he licked the people's <laughs> faces, but. Is that that thing Gabe was talking about in the book, the secret handshake thing? That it could be, yeah. I didn't, I didn't envision it, but you know what? It is now. Whoa. Well, if you want to put that in later, and if you also want to put in a part where they're listening to a podcast and it's this one, that's fine as well. Yeah. Just get a couple layers of meta, you know, <laughs> really get a nice Inception thing going on. Yeah, and... In your next audiobook, just throw this podcast in the middle. Of it. <laughs> just in the just in the middle with no setup. It's just, it wasn't it wasn't quite long enough. <laughs> I gotta I gotta get up to that fifteen hour mark. So just this, this will put it over the edge. Could this not be your author's note at the end of the book? <laughs> yeah. Hey, why not? That saves me a couple days writing that thing. So yeah. tack it on the end. No need to even edit it. Just first draft. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> People will be like, who's Howie Mandel? <laughs> <laughs> he's the host of America's yeah, Got Talent. Yeah, he's so good. He is one the, of them. He's one of them. Yeah, what was your answer? You said Jeff Foxworthy because he was uh, courageous enough to <laughs> not stick a balloon on his head? No, I was letting you guys take that bullet for me. Uh, I uh, I think I'm obligated to say Jeff Foxworthy because I'm from Nebraska. Um, and uh, Larry, Larry the Cable Guy is famously from Nebraska um, or famously for... They're not the same person, though. I know, no. but they do that uh, blue collar comedy tour thing together. You know, that's how he got. That's how he that got. That was famous. like ten years ago. <laughs> that's how Larry the Cable Guy got famous by kind of riding Jeff Foxworthy's coattails. How we all uh, got famous. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd Jeff, probably go with Howie next Mantel. week. So listen, if you got to ride someone's coattails, Jeff Foxworthy seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I got my big break. I was on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I wasn't. <laughs> Those fifth graders are smart. Fifth graders yeah. are smart nowadays. They know their science and shit. Yeah. I mean, it's they learn. fresh in their memory. Yeah. yeah. They should do the one where you fight the fifth graders. Mm-hmm. How many fifth graders do you think you beat up? Uh, maybe one and a half. What? So yeah, is you that. You look like a big guy. I mean, you look like a tough guy. You're wearing a flannel shirt. You're from it's... Nebraska. You got a beard. It's true. I mean, <laughs> it depends on it depends on what kind of weapons I get. But There's no weapons. It's hand I have. I have I have a, a one going into fifth grade, so realistically, I I could probably take four. Yeah, okay, Whoa. that sounds about right. Are you talking about at once or one after another? Yeah, if they all pile on top of you, you know, you get you you smack one on the side of the head and flatten them right away. Yeah, and then you, you use got it, one to fight the other one. You grab two and you kind of three stooges them into the last one. You know. So let's say one after another, how many could you take? Oh well, you know, that's an endurance question. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's a tough one because yeah, I can't run. I can't run a mile, so I run ten kilometers every day. So that equals like half a mile, right? It's six miles. I'm just joking because the metric system's whack. Yeah, but he, he also does a run. It's so. all a lie. I'm famous 
for being a hypocrite. <laughs> well, Josh, I could do 12. What? The fifth, I fight 12 fifth graders uh, after fifth graders, yeah. I think after 12, I would either, I'd just be done. Yeah, your arms get tired. And the problem is there's like 33 per class nowadays, so. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should let him plug his, uh, his stuff. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and plug yourself. Yeah, do you sure. want to plug your, uh, what, what did you invent? The tilt-around? Yep, yep. Tilt-a-whirl. Tilt a uh, Hero Forged is the name of the first book. Um, and uh, it's available on Amazon or audiobook on Audible. Um, second book is Fate Lashed. Uh, and you can find out more information on joshericson.com. Um, and it's E-R-I-K-S-O-N. There's no C in there, which is how I was able to get that website. So, uh, but, uh, but otherwise, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I'm an introvert, so you can hit me up on Facebook if you want. Otherwise, I'm mostly in my cave making up stupid stuff. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, spending your time with us. We know you would have rather been writing. So we'll, we'll wrap this up. So Josh Erickson, go ahead and end the podcast in the traditional way. Sure. To be continued. think of another question i'm just curious are you planning on doing anything uh like any other projects or just uh well he has uh eight more books i mean you, i know you got eight more books but have you, are you thinking about like a new series you want to work yeah. on so like i um i self-published this one but then the the hybrid author thing is a really popular you know thing that everybody's recommending now oh, and so Akamanu and the slime girl Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So a spin-off of, of, so of what, that. So how does how does a uh, hybrid authorship work? So um, the idea is you self-publish some of your stuff, and then you f- try to sell a different series as um, to like a traditional publisher, and then you make probably less money from that series, but it raises your profile enough that your independently published stuff sells way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the the new. Mm-hmm. Author, author strategy that that people are recommending well i misunderstood that completely yeah i thought you were <laughs> writing a book with somebody else <laughs> yeah well the uh so I, yeah i do have a different series um kind of a near future sci-fi type series um in a video game uh, yes based in a video game with tons of 80 references 80s references in it so uh, as far as i know nobody's done that before yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's correct Hey, best friends. Thanks for listening to JVJ Podcast. This week we have a very special announcement. Your favorite podcast host, Josh Hatfield, published his first book on Amazon. That's right. The long-awaited slime reel is up and ready for you to buy. We'll leave a link in the episode's description. Here's a little bit about the book. In the year 2101, most people spend most of their free time in islands, a virtual world that lets you be whoever you want to be. Sylvia Grohl is a 19-year-old starting college when she learns that relationships can get complicated when you're not being honest. Things take a turn for the worst when she starts receiving creepy packages in the mail. Will she be able to unravel the mystery before it's too late? Or will she have to face the consequences of her own actions? Action, adventure, demons, slime girls, this book has it all.
Wow, that sounds like one hell of a book. I know I would buy it. How about you?